This is KC with At Mangrove Designs. I'm Steve from Green Creation. This is Nick from Goodwood Designs. This is Steven. Old South Woodcraft. And I am. I am. And I am. Grain Knocker. Grain Knocker. Grain Knocker Nation. Grain Knocker Nation. Is this not what you've been waiting for? <laughs> Have you not been entertained? Pete from Furniture by Pete. Bill from William Patrick Customs. This is Grain Knockers. Right here, right now. Right now. Right now. What's up, Grain Knocker Nation? Hey, what's up, everyone? It's episode six. How did we get to number six? I think that we got to number six because of all of you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Kamuv, the band that you heard in our opening, thank you for letting us jam your music. Also, go check out Organic Creations Woodshop. They did our logo. They're a one-stop shop for new logos. They hook a lot of people up on Instagram. Go talk to Will. He'll hook you up, too. I'm in Chicago, as always. Pete's in Boston, as always. What's up, everyone? Just chilling out here in Boston. We are on uh, Insta Live. We're getting ready for episode six, uh, the topic being bad shop habits. Bad shop habits. We, we all have them. We all can relate to them. Mm-hmm. And you know during this uh, discussion today, you guys are all going to be nodding your heads, whether you're in the shop right now or driving in the car. You've gone through it. We've all gone through it. So it's a really good, relatable topic for everybody. So it should be a really good uh, discussion here. Yeah, and there's probably going to be things that people on Instagram bring up, like always, that we don't even think about. It's That's part of the Instagram live experience that, in the beginning, I thought they would get a lot out of, but actually we're getting a lot out of too, which is super cool. Sure. And Pete, sure, I, because- just before we start talking about this topic, what do you think about grain knockers so far? I mean, what's your what's your I, opinion? I, I think that my opinion is that we're doing it the right way. And I think that it, it shows because you compare episode five to episode one and you can clearly see that we're, you know, evolving and learning, learning the interview process, learning to play off each other a little bit better. We're starting to find our niche. And just like, you know, woodworking in general, it's like, you know, when you start off in the beginning, you just want to keep improving. So, I mean, that would be my opinion of it so far. I think that it's been great, gradual improvement. And I think that so far we seem to be, uh, you know, working well and starting to find our niche. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I wasn't a podcast listener before. I've never once listened to a podcast. Uh, I I never once listened to a woodworking building makers podcast. I used to listen to podcasts constantly at my old job just you know past time i just got sick of the radio and i was always listening to podcasts can i guess which ones they were it was how to be a the best celtics fan you can be by damian richardson's was that one of them nope oh nope i i listened uh to serial i listened to and can you tell the people what that is because i have no idea serial it was like kind of like it was like that real life like crime story where you know, somebody was locked up in prison and it became like, like a narrator talking about like the crime, but then also interviewing the person in prison and whether or not, you know, because there was debate on whether or not he did it. I mean, it was really, really cool. It was really, really addictive. But what I liked about it is because it was so different than your normal podcast. And that's, you know, you know, we talked about this before is that, you know, 
most podcasts, well, every podcast is just, you know, kind of people talking. So it's how do we do it to kind of set ourselves apart? So, you know, other than serial, like I might have listened to uh, like Bill Simmons, but off the top of my head, I can't even remember like the other ones that I listened to, but it really goes to show you that, you know, most of them can be forgettable. And I think in the end, that's what we are striving to, you know, not, you know, we want to be the go-to podcast. We want to be, you know, one that people talk about, laugh about, uh, remember funny lines about just stuff like that. Something that's going to set us apart and, you know, make us memorable. Yeah. I always tell people that I didn't go out looking for woodworking at this point in my life, woodworking kind of found me and the way that I went full time and whatnot. And that's kind of like how I feel about our podcast. Like I want someone where our podcast finds them and they are just, they need it. You know what I mean? They're just like, this is awesome. This is great. This is entertaining. That's what yeah, I, right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the whole point. You know, that's what, you know, but that's what I think is so good about um, us getting better uh, is that, you know, hopefully the audience you know, sees it, recognizes it, and we get more listeners and more followers, um, you know, as we start to make a name for ourselves. Yeah. And you know what? After we started the podcast, I thought I should listen to a couple, right? So I've listened to almost every woodworking maker's podcast there is while I work, you know, and um, there are definitely some sleeping sleeper podcasts out there. And that's not bashing them. It's just how I listen to it. I mean, it is what it is. Well, podcasts I, I, are for I, everybody. You know, some people, or, I might think it put me to sleep. Some people think it's the best thing in the world. So I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying. But then I found well, some other ones like The Wood Whisperer. That one's really good. I, I like him. He actually teaches me something. I like that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a podcast guy, I mean, really, most podcasts could be tiresome to you. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So that's, you know, that's the hard part about trying to carve out a niche in an industry where, you know, if you think about it, it's like it's recorded talk radio. Mm -hmm. So talk radio across the country is what it is. But, you know, the ones that are really popular, there's a reason why they're popular. It's not just a name. It's how they approach it. it you know, it could be different segments that they do that people really like. So, you know, in the end, we're all doing the same thing. We're all just kind of talking and bantering and talking about a topic. But how we do it is going to be the difference. And that's, you know, where we have to carve out our niche. And I think that that's what we're starting to find. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, something else I found out about these woodworking podcasts, at least, is they all have they all have an ask. Do you know what I mean by that? They all have Patreon pages, you know, and I get oh, yeah. it. I get it. Like. I do all the editing. You do a lot of like the appointments for guests and stuff. There's a lot of time on top of what we already do to get this going, whatever. No one wants to hear about it. I just can't, I can't understand saying that we do this for the community and then ask them to pay for it. I just, not, that's just not us. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I agree. I've always like said that if it grows organically, you know, if we do it right and it grows the way that it should and at its own pace, all that stuff will kind of take care of itself down the line. We're a new podcast where, you know, this is episode six, you know, th that shouldn't be, you know, anybody that has a new podcast, anyone that has a podcast that isn't doing great numbers, like the last thing you should be focused on is, you know, trying to get money from the listeners. I just, I was always raised not to ask for anything and to give, you know what I mean? And that's, 
so far, you and I, that's all we've done is give. The only ask we is spread the word. We just want people to enjoy it, listen to it. You know, if you like it, come back for some more. Anyways, enough about the podcast. All right, so we talk about shop bad habits. Over time, these things can get worse and worse. You can either start noticing them or you can totally forget about bad habits and just think it's normal. Tell me oh, what no, dr- oh, no, they're de- no, listen, they're, they're normal for sure, but they're still bad habits. No, but do you ever do anything in your shop that you think is completely normal and then another maker builder comes over and they're like, why the hell do you do that? Moron. Dude, I think all, I think all these things that we're going to talk about are completely normal. That's what I think is that that's why everyone is going to sit there and shake their head or laugh about it because everybody does it. It's completely normal. It's a really crappy habit, but it's still normal for everybody to do it. Yeah, but the fact. Okay, so I go to your shop, right? Hey, how's it going? You know, I bend over. I bend over, give you a hug. And then um, you take me in your little. Or or, or, hold on a second. Or I get on the step stool. Oh, yeah. Or the step stool. That's right. Okay. And then you take me in like the room behind your garage where all your toys are. And to me, that's not normal. Wait a second. We don't don't talk about the toy room. You have to, you're a toy collector and it's by your I man a, shop. I am. I, I, I'm a toy collector. It's like you walk through a door from being a grown man, you know, building America. It's like you walked into Neverland Ranch. <laughs> right. And you even <laughs> you have know? the, you even have the juice on the shelf. You? I juice? No, come on. The magic, the magic Michael juice. It's just yeah, soda, kids. All right. Um, shop, bad shop habit. I'll throw mine out there first. And... I don't know if it's considered a bad habit, but it's something that I want to make a habit that I don't. And that's yep. squaring up my blades and my fence on like my saws. You ever make a cut and you just hope or not hope, you don't even think about really if your blade and your fences uh, are squared up, you just go there and use it, right? Sure. Have you ever done it and then found out, oh man, I moved the bevel yesterday and I didn't really... I just threw it back up. Has that ever happened to you? No. So it's interesting that you say that because that's like, that's not even on my radar. I mean, you know, when I first get a tool, I will try to, you know, square it and calibrate it to the best that I can uh, right away. But once I do that, I don't touch it. Do you have a bevel saw? Oh, yeah. Yep. Do you ever use it? Sure. And you've never squared it up after you've moved it back? Again, like in my head, if I've already taken care of the, the calibration on it, it should be fine. Is that is that why all your tables lean to the left? Hmm. It might, it might. <laughs> but on, on the flip side, you know. But I see this. This could be a a, a a tool independent thing, because I may not do it on a miter saw, but I should do it all the time on the joiner. Right. Because because that joiner fence can move like so easily. I don't care how hard you tighten it down it, you know you put any pressure on it you could move it slightly you could be mike yeah, man hands and it still kind of bumps over yeah, yep absolutely so the joiner is one without a doubt you should you should check constantly every single time but the miter saw yeah not so much i mean but you know that's just me what about the table saw i think a table saw blade i i check that all the time i think that the table saw blade is you, you'll check it you know, when you go to 45, you'll make sure you're at 45 and then you'll check it when you bring it back to 90. But once I got it back at 90, I don't touch it unless I move it again. Well, yeah. I mean, it's only when you really move it to bring it back to square. And I don't really trust the gauges on some of these uh, tools either. Like I do, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you, that could go both ways because, you know, you could say that you don't trust the gauges, but who's to say that your combination square is square? That's true, too. 
you know, like I've I've seen plenty of times and plenty of videos where you know your combination square isn't exactly square, and there's a way that you could check it too. It's real easy. You draw a line, you know, on a, you like you get like a piece of plywood, and you have like a nice, you know, just like a flat surface on one end, and you put it up and you draw a line, and then you flip it, like pretend like you're opening up like the page of a book. Okay, so if you're drawing on the uh, if your first line is on the outside of the ruler. When you flip it, you're going to be drawing on the inside. If your lines match up, then you're square. If they don't, if they don't match up, then you're off. And there's a way that you can like kind of. There's a video that shows how you can kind of like file it down a little to try to get it square. But it's a pain in the ass. And every time you move it, I, I swear it goes out of square. So I don't trust those things at all. I'm I'm thinking this might be a next YouTube video for you. Yeah, I mean I can show you you know exactly what I mean, but that's exactly what it is. So if you you know, you draw, you draw your line, you flip it, and then it should line up. And you know, if it does, you square. By the way, I'm not a content creator. I post stuff that I make, and you know, I show people some tools and what I think of them sometimes, stuff like that. I just used your YouTube video on how to make this tulip uh, table post. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank you, because it made the process a lot easier. Yeah, I tell you, it's um, you know, people see it and. Like it looks intimidating. It's not, I won't say that it's easy. You just got to take your time with it. it. You know, and obviously it helps if you have the right equipment. But if you take your time and the key is getting the cut, you know, on one pass so you can tape everything back up. Yeah. But I mean, like, but the video itself shows that the process itself is not difficult. Like, you know, it's a simple idea. It's just take your time to execute it. Okay. So what's your uh, shop ad habit? What do you, oh, my, what, what grinds my, your gears? Oh my God. So my worst shop habit is losing tools, losing pencils. I misplace everything. I'll be doing a million different things, whether it's prepping for a new table and glue ups while a table is drying that I just painted stained or clear coat. So I'm running back and forth. I always, lose, I tell you, dude, I lose like five pencils a day. I don't know where the frig they go. The combination square we just talked about, I've got like six of them. I can never find one though. Whether they fall off the bench, you know, I'll be sweeping up, you know, like sawdust, you know, when I clean up and I'll either find a pencil, I'll find a tool or something. It's just, it's stupid. I lose things constantly. It's so awful. I should have at least like some type of like, I don't know, like a toolbox thing, a container just to throw everything in there. Even though it's not organized, at least I know it's all just in one box because it's, it's brutal. I lose everything. You need the Nick Key's apron. Dude, that'd be sweet. If I could get me a Nick Key apron, oh, man, that'd be slamming. It's got to be autographed. I got to yeah. have oh, an yeah. autographed Nick Yeah, so we are live on Insta, and I I saw the comment, but I for, I couldn't find who said it, but it was genius. Bad habit. Yeah, I, bad habit. Yeah, I, 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 I think I know where you go with this because I saw it, too. I yeah. the same thing. Ahead, yeah, yeah. Every, everybody who woodworks can relate. Yeah. The scrap pile. Dude, the scrap pile. The scrap pile. Dude, the scrap off-cut pile is the worst. Oh, my God. How many of you, you know you have, like, a whether it's underneath the miter saw, under your table saw, in a corner. And I'm not talking like you have, like, a scrap pile because you built, like, a wooden rack to keep scraps. I'm talking <laughs> like a shitty pile that is just got stuff everywhere, sawdust all over it, just thrown in the corner. Yeah, and you're like, you because know, you never want to get rid of it. They're like, you know, geez, that looks like, you know, that's like a usable piece of wood. It's not usable. You're never going to use it again. And you're building all like kinds of stuff. 
you know, constantly anyway. So you're always going to have those those uh, scrap pieces. Get rid of them. I, dude, I just clean. I'm the worst at it too because I just cleaned it out. I bought one of those big, gigantic, like green uh, landscaping barrels from Home Depot with that you know that they use to put the grass clippings in when they can't dump on site. Those huge barrels. Mm-hmm. I bought one of those and I fill it up and I dump it and then I I'm nice and clean. I go back to work and I made a cut in the miter saw and the first idea was throw it running into the miter saw. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I just cleaned. I just cleaned and got rid of all this crap. And I threw it right underneath the miter saw. It's the worst habit. You know it's bad too when you designate one corner of your shop for your scraps, and then uh, there's always like a tipping point for me. And you know I see the pile all week long, and I see it growing, and I see it growing, and then all of a sudden I have a scrap pile TP on the corner of my my shop, and I'm like, the hell is wrong with me? Now what am I going to do with it? So I have a burn barrel where I burn most of it or a buddy of mine lives on a farm. I bring it out to him and we burn out there all the time. But uh, yeah, and the small pieces you're talking about, oh, I'm going to keep this. What are you going to build? A micro machine car? Okay. Why yeah. are you keeping that? But you know, we, we never look at it as what are we going to build with it? We just look at it and go, okay, like that's usable. Like it, it's clean. It's, you know. It's probably bigger than six inches, so you're like, yeah, okay, like I, I that's that's too big to throw it. I could probably use that. No, you can't. Right. No, I, you can't. I think woodworkers come to a point in their woodworking life where they just stop. They're like, they're over it. You know what I mean? I haven't reached that point yet, but I hope I do soon. Dude, I do too, because it's it's brutal. Like I tell you, and it's like when I clean it up, it feels like I gained like you know. 50 square feet worth of shop space even though i didn't gain any it just looks so much better but it's horrible and you know you guys everyone out there listening you know you all do it too um what's your next one you know i saw somebody bring this up on uh on insta live you know i was gonna bring it up because it's horrible dried up glue droppings or just you know you you glue up like a tabletop or anything in the squeeze out the glue squeeze out and it's just like it's either on your bench it's on the floor it's everywhere like it, it's horrible, dude. It's the worst. Like the the glue, the glue stuff is awful. It's such a bad habit. Why why I'm not laying down like some craft paper or anything like that? Like is is so stupid because I have the craft paper, so it's just plain lazy on my end. But oh yeah, I just got glue dripping everywhere. It's awful. Yeah, that goes into my next one, and it's not because of it's not because of the tool. It's more because of me and being lazy, I guess. But whenever I spray, whether it's spray paint or out of my Fuji, anything I spray out of, I don't consider prepping like my shop for spraying. Because I spray in my shop. I don't have a little sure. tent I put in my driveway like I've seen on Instagram lately. That's cool. Uh, actually, Mackinwood has a sweet tent set up in his driveway. Did you see that? Well, dude, he. Well, because it's on a tent. It's a uh, it's a portable garage. Yeah, well, I'll take it. Wouldn't you? As a <laughs> sure, I mean, but the, you know, it's not like a you know a, a camping tent. I mean, it's something meant for a car, so of course it's cool. It's huge. Yeah, but anyways, the just the overspray of like, let's just put it this way: I'm gonna spray paint some old hardware on a dresser that I'm rehabbing or whatever. And I'll put the hinges and the handles on my assembly bench, and I'll just mm-hmm. spray without putting anything underneath it, okay? Yeah, that's see, that's the bad habit. The bad habit, if you really want to nail it down, the bad habit is everybody out there, and you know you've done it, is you just have like a little thing that like 
See, most people like will just spray paint. You have a system, so you use that. But if you're spray painting hardware or anything like that, you know, you just do like a couple quick sprays and it's on your bench. You're like, ah, screw it. It's just like a little. It's but but then like you just keep doing it, and then next you know you got spray paint all over your bench. <laughs> do yourself a favor. Next time you're on Instagram, right, and people are showing off their shops or you know a project or whatever, look on the floor. Look on, look on their workbenches and look at all the different colors that are on the concrete or on the workbench from exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Every, everyone does it. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's a horrible habit. It's a, it's a dirty habit, but it just it really just goes back to everyone just being lazy and just trying to get it done quick. Everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, screw it. Spray, spray, spray. And there's like, you know, black or red or whatever color just all over your bench. Right, and those nights that you work way too late and you just don't care anymore and all of a sudden you you notice that you oversprayed and you're drawing, you know, smiley faces on the concrete now and you then the next day you're like, "What did I do?" Yeah, uh, yeah. my next one is going to kind of relate to our other episode about shop safety. And I have an air filtration system, a jet hanging in my my shop. And whenever I'm sanding or, you know, milling some stuff with a lot of dust, I I won't turn it on all the time. It's like what the hell are you doing? Why do you have one and not turn it on? Yeah, I do the same thing. Just laziness. It's stupid. Yep. No, but you know, you, I, I, I can piggyback on that for a second. You know, just on the shop safety, because then it ties right into um, our guest that we have coming up in a little bit. Uh, and somebody actually just uh, me- mentioned it on Insta Live is wearing hearing protection. And of course, we have Isotunes coming up. Um, Pete Murphy, owner and founder. Um, Great guy. Yeah. So if you think about it, right? So, you know, we're all trained to wear our eye protection. That's like, you know, number one. But I'm telling you, I have the DeWalt thickness planer. I think it's the DW735. That thing screams. It is so freaking loud. Literally, like only 10% of the time I wear like the, uh, the big like earmuffs. I should be wearing them all the time because it is so loud. But again, it, it goes back to like one of those bad habits where you might have like one board to plane and you're like, ah, screw it. you know, I'll just run the board through real quick. But it's so freaking loud. Like you should always have the hearing protection on. You know, I, that's why like I'm really intrigued about Isotunes coming up, especially, you know, they have like, you know, just like smaller versions. You don't have like these big gigantic earmuffs uh, that make you sweat your ass off. Uh, you know, wearing or that are uncomfortable or heavy or whatnot. So, you know, we'll wait and see what he has to tell us about that. But it, it, it ties in perfectly. I mean, whether it's a, a safety issue or not, it's just a bad habit. It's just something you should just want to do. Yeah, here's the bottom line. Bad habits are caused by being stupid and being lazy. Lazy. Yes, Don't be it's all stupid. About it's, it's laziness and it is. It's stupidity because we all think that it's not it's not a big deal or screw it or, you know, it's only a short time or I only got one board to do. It's just as easy to develop good version of these. Oh yeah. As it was, to, as it was to develop the bad version, you know, like, it's just like, it was like you, you do it enough. It becomes second nature to you. So if you make it a habit to always wear your ear protection, then it's just going to come naturally to you. It's you, you won't even second guess it. Um, if you prep for, you know, uh, squeeze out for glue. You'll just always do it. It's just going to be a natural thing. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So 
it's just as easy to develop the good part of these than, as it is the bad. You know what helps with the dust collection? And because you've probably don't use your dust collection as much as you should, just like me. Dude, that dude, that's right there. I mean, horrible habit. How right. many times? You know, you know, you have one hooked up to the miter saw and the table saw. How many times do you do like, I just got to make like one or two cuts and you don't even bother turning it on. Right. I do it all the time. Right. You know what happens? All, the, all that dust goes on the damn scraps that you know, should not be there in the first place. I'll give you one thing that will really help you turn on both of those things every time you're going to make a cut. And that's. Don't tell me those stupid automated things. The automated things? What, like the clapper? No, yeah, you know, like, it's called, like, the uh, the eye switch. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, like, I don't know you what you're talking so, about. You know, so, like, when the table saw turns on, the vacuum automatically turns on? Oh, yeah, I don't. That's, no, I don't know. All right, then go ahead. No, but what I'm talking about is the remote control outlets. Like on my dust collector, I have the remote control that I have in my pocket. And then when I go up to my table saw, my band saw, my miter saw, I hit the remote. It starts right now. Okay, well. Okay, well, congratulations, because you basically just said the same thing that, like, I was talking. It's 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 relative to the same thing. You know how, like, at the Festool vacuum, you know how, like, you know, as soon as you start standing, the vacuum turns on? No, I don't know that, but that is good. Wow, you don't know? like, what the, I don't I don't own one Festool thing. I The only Festool thing I've ever bought is the little you, abrasive pads. You well, you got to at least know about it. So, like, the, the whole thing about, like, their vacuums is, like, the tool doesn't plug into the like a home outlet it plugs into the outlet on the vacuum the vacuum plugs into the home outlet and then when you turn on a tool the vacuum turns on automatically well that's well, nice okay pete the okay. next time i have fourteen hundred dollars laying around i'll be sure i pick one up well no i'm not telling to you numb nuts listen all right <laughs> she has slapped the shit out of you oh my yeah. knee again my knee there is there is something that you could buy it's like 50 or 60 bucks and it's called the eye switch. Yeah, we it, heard you the like, first time. What I'm saying is there's bought. a $10 product that you plug into the wall and you have a remote in your pocket and you just click it. Turns on. I think it's I don't think it's $10 though. It's 10 bucks at Home Depot. I just bought two more. Did you really? Yeah. Maybe Maybe our Canadian <laughs> friends it'll be a little bit more, I think, but Well, everything's more in Canadian. Hey, the last thing I want to say about shop habits, okay? Shop habit, bad shop habits carry into your projects okay because it's a mentality bad shop habits is being lazy and stupid and you have to think when you're in the shop for two reasons two major reasons one safety you're gonna get hurt okay don't be a dumbass two you're going to carry on that stupid lazy mentality into your project and then you're gonna start cutting corners in your project and you're just gonna be you're going to be Pete. Everybody wants to be like Pete, though. <laughs> no, you, no, you know what I mean, you, you right? Wanna, you No, you want to know how it how it affects your project? And I guarantee you, everybody out there listening right now has done this. How many times have you, like, tried to, like, rush a clear coat? You've, like, either tried to sand it while it's still too tacky. You've tried to clear over the stain and it's not dried enough. Everybody's done that. It's, you know, just a bad habit. Like, oh, yeah, that's close enough. I can do it. Or, you know, in the end, like, you ruin the finish. You know, how many times have you, like, tried to, you know, knock back a clear coat to put on another clear coat, but you end up, like, peeling your other clear coat because it's not dried enough? You know, everybody's done it. It's, you know, that's how it can carry on into your project is, you know, when you just start, you know, developing bad habits, it'll carry on until the, you know, the finished product. Yeah, for sure. That's what I meant. Like... It's just a mentality thing. You got to be you got to be in tune with 
your surroundings and what you're doing and each step you're going to do it while you're in the shop. If you don't, you're going to get hurt. You're going to ruin a project. You're going to delay yourself and the outcome of all the above is going to suffer. So just pay attention. Don't be stupid. Okay. It's good. Yeah, that that's good advice. Everybody out there, don't be stupid. You know, I had a teacher tell me that driving ed teacher. We had this Russian foreign exchange student in the car. Did you guys have like driver's ed in Boston? Or do you guys all ride oh, yeah. like the Razor scooter no, still? No, we had driver's ed. So this yeah, this dri- uh, foreign ed. exchange student like was, I don't know if they drive on the other side of the car or what, but she, literally in three weeks, she took out three mailboxes and ran over a dog. And it, I'm not joking. Oh. Like this happened with me in the car. Wow. Yeah. She, she still got her license. <laughs> like, all right, guys. Well, we have Isotunes coming up. Uh, Mr. Pete Murphy, the president, the first president CEO owner of a company is going to be our guest. After the interview, we will tune you in to what's new and the latest from Gray Knockers. Thanks for everyone that joined us live. Bad habits, Pete. I think I think we've we've touched on it and people get oh, it. No, no, no. Hold on a sec. Before we go, before we get to uh, Isotunes, how many times you glue up your project? It's all glued up. What do you do with the clamps? What do you do with them? Nor like when I take the clamps off, I probably. Yeah. Leave them on the table, or yeah, you, you leave them. Yeah, you leave them on the bench, on the floor. You put them everywhere except back hanging up. Right, I have a clamp rack. Do you want to see I a picture too. of it right now? Because three are missing. Dude, like you know, if you check my feed recently, you saw like a post I was like gluing up for a table, and I had like fifty-two, like whatever, something like that, just clamps, everything glued up. Right. You think I put those? You think I put those back after? No, I just unscrewed them, like dumped them out on the floor, and I just went right over, like felt like, you know, squaring up uh, the legs and whatnot. Just left them on the floor. It's like, what is wrong? I gotta pick them up. Dumbest thing ever. Horrible habit. It's all over the place. Hey Pete, has it been three months yet? Three uh, months. Has it been three months? F- 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 three months for what? Fill me in. I mean, does your IROC need an oil change yet? Dude, the, don't, don't the IROC. It's summertime. I got low mileage. Okay, you're putting it's, miles it's, on it's it. Strictly cruising. Are the T-tops okay. on it? That, dude, it's 80 degrees out. The T-tops are off. T-tops off? That is that is a cruising mobile. That is, I'm going out to get babes. But you know what? Enough of all this. We've covered our bad habits. We got Pete Murphy, CEO, owner, founder of Isotunes. He's joining us right on the other side of this break. Yay, yay. I am Pete Murphy, owner and founder of Isotunes Audio, and I am Grain Knocker Nation. We are privileged to be joined by Mr. Pete Murphy, president of Isotunes. You've seen it everywhere. It's a relatively new product. I think our community is really going to benefit from this product. Pete's here um, as well in Boston as always. Let's get the interview going by having you, Pete Murphy, tell us a little bit about Isotunes, the company itself, and how it evolved. Well, thanks very much, Bill and Pete, uh, for having me on this afternoon. It really is a pleasure. I I must say that we have uh, really been surprised at how well our product has been received by uh, the woodworking community. Our product, fundamentally, it provides hearing protection. And we're a safety products company. We're a relatively new company. We've only been around for about a year and a half. Our products have only been available since September of 2016, So, uh, but we had some product development that we were doing for a year before that. So they're here in protection, but also with technology. And, uh, and, and our aspect is, you know, you can be blocking out the noise from your loud equipment, but listening to music or listening to your podcast, guys, or whatever, you know, whatever a user happens to, to like to listen to. And 
they can do it wirelessly so that they're not it's got bluetooth technology so they're not tethered you know to their phone so then that's and that's a big advantage for people in the shop because previously when there's wires going to the headset to the phone it, people get tripped up and they kind of get caught up in that and we've got a couple of different versions of our product but uh They've uh, really caught on extremely well with the uh, woodworking community. Pete, thanks a lot for joining us. This is Pete. I'm out here in Boston. I got to say, I'm, I've been real excited in anticipation waiting for this interview, uh, seeing your product all over the place. I'm just so yeah. intrigued yeah. by it. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't own a pair, but I see them, and there's just something about it, like the look of it, that kind of grabs me. I'm curious to know, aside from the sa uh, safety aspect, of it yeah how much was the actual just overall like the look of it the design look the eye appeal of isotunes how did that play a role for you guys yeah so that plays a huge role for us you know being a young uh, upstart uh, safety products company we want safety products that look cool and that's one of the things that we are most proud about is you know there's a lot of other sort of earmuff products that you can really only wear in the shop. You're not going to wear an earmuff with, with an AMFM radio on an airplane because it just doesn't look cool. People think that they look like a nerd. Whereas the style that we developed ours with is you could wear this. There's, there's, you know, hey, it's great for the shop, yes, but there's also multiple uses, and you wouldn't be embarrassed to wear them on the plane. You wouldn't be embarrassed them to wear them whilst commuting to work. You know, if there's a loud train or subway or what have you, you can wear them in multiple areas. So it was a big focus of ours to. Make sure that these things are cool. Now, Pete, getting into the nitty gritty of the safety part, we have to talk decibels, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I actually did a little homework and I am not the safety professional. You are. But let me just read off some things that I found out uh, that are common decibel noises out in the world. So a normal okay. conversation decibel is between 60 and 70. A lawnmower is at about 90. A rock concert, 120. And like a gunshot can range from any, depending on the gun, 120 to 190 decibel. Now, when does a decibel actually start doing damage to your ear? So, so that's a great question, Bill. And probably the best way to look at it is to, to go back to the workplace because there's a lot of data there that, and, and analytics that have been done. And OSHA have, have developed standards for people to, you know, to, in, in a working environment where they have to work for 8 or 10 hours a day. And so they say anything over 85 decibels can do damage to your hearing over an eight-hour period. So that's why, any, you know, oftentimes uh, manufacturers that are, that are, you know, building things and they have loud equipment, if it's over 85 decibels, they are required by law to provide hearing protection for their, for their workers, okay? So that's kind of how that works. Uh, let me explain a little bit further about decibels. And this is just a general type of an ex explanation. If you are in a situation, let's say a, you mentioned a mower would go to 90. Let's say you, are, you had a particularly loud lawnmower that went to 100 decibels. Okay. If you had hearing protection on that provide, and, and all approved hearing protectors have got a noise reduction level, an NRR, a noise, yeah, noise reduction uh, score. And, uh, you know, ours is 27 on our Isotunes Pro. So if you are wearing our Isotunes Pro whilst cutting the grass at that 100 decibel level, generally speaking, it reduces it by 27. So you take 100 less 27. So you, you, the, you, the environment that your ears would be exposed to would be 73, 
which is safe because it's less than the 85 uh, that, uh, that, that uh, OSHA says is, is the limit. So that's kind of generally how you look at it. So that's how, so whenever you see a, you know, a hearing protected, you know, with an NRR, noise reduction rating, that's how, that's how you, you know, you value. You, the higher the number, the better. Okay, if I could piggyback on that just real quick, because oh, yeah. I, have a cus- I have a question that uh, falls in line with that. Sure. Your IsoTunes regular drops at 26 decibels. That's correct. The IsoTunes Pro drops at 27. That's correct. Now, to the average person, they're going to look at it and go, hmm, okay, well, that's only one extra decibel. What goes into making the product, you know, how, like how much extra either protection or cushion do you need to reduce something by one decibel? Because, you know, you just look at the number and it doesn't look like a lot, but I'm sure in the manufacturing yeah. process, a lot goes into taking it down by one decibel. You know, there, there is a lot that goes into that, to calculating that number because uh, there's an EPA test and you have to take it to a NAVLAP lab and, and so and you have to use it with 10 different test subjects, and there's a fair amount. So there is a little bit of variation between the testing. Uh, but if, if you looked at our ear tips, the Isotunes, the original Isotunes, has got much smaller foam inserts than the Isotunes Pro. So really what it does is it, it, uh, the Pro does a better job of blocking out some of that noise. Uh, we use, it uses the same kind of foam, and we partnered with a company called Comply Foam. And Comply are like the world leader in ear tip technology. And we said, hey, we want three things out of the ear tips from you guys. We want great attenuation, so good noise isolation, you know, blocking out the noise. We want it to be unbelievably comfortable, and we, want, and we don't want it to affect the sound quality. And I think they've done a good job on that. But uh, getting back to your question, Pete, is the, uh, it's the, really the size of the foam and the, and the composition of the formulation. Yeah, and just to let everyone know how serious you know the safety issue is with hearing, noise is the most common occupational hazard facing people today, okay? And when you're in a wood shop, the no, what do you think the most noise, uh, noisy tool in your shop would be, Pete? Uh, well, I would say on my end, it would be a combination of, say, like a thickness planer running with a dust collection. So I, I found out it is a thickness planer that is the loudest. What decibels do you think that th- that planer puts out? Um, I would say that you know my DeWalt screams. Uh, so if I had to guess, I would put it over a hundred, maybe a buck fifteen. So the DeWalt actually comes in at like ninety-two decibels, but anything over eighty-five is dangerous. So that's where, sure. I mean, this whole hearing protection is, it's key. Uh, my stepdad owns an excavating company. He was on machines his whole life without using hearing protection. Guess what's happening to him? He's 67 years old. Guess what's happening? You know? So as, as a community, we really got to take this seriously. Sure. You know, and, and, and the thing about uh, hearing protection or hearing in general is most people you lose their hearing because of what's called NIHL, noise-induced hearing loss. It's, you know, this is 100% preventable. And, and that's, that's kind of what, what, we're, what we're after. We're after, you know, helping people. And our devices, you know, people say, you, you know, you could argue, say, well, geez, you're going to put music right in their ears. It's not going to be damaging. Well, we, and we don't actually make a big deal of this, guys, but we actually have a limiter on our device. So it, you can wear this all day long, and it cannot do damage to your hearing because it's below the 85 dB. 
Yeah, and another well, thing not- another thing about that noise induced hearing loss is that it can be caused by one time exposure to a loud sound as well as various sounds over yeah. a period of time. Yeah, and and once it's gone, it's gone. You don't get it back. It's not like hey, it's going to recover. You, you know, I yeah, uh, you you just lose you lose that hearing. Sure. Not only do you guys have a you know, a rating as far as decibels. Yeah. But you but you guys have a rating as far as water resistance. And I was wondering if you can explain to us the difference between IPX3 versus IPX4. Again, people wonder whether it's getting wet or sweat from being in your work environment. Uh, explain to us the difference. IPX3 can, you know, uh, can get uh, a little bit wet. And, uh, and IPX4, I think you could use uh, in a heavy sweat situation or, you know, in, in a fairly rainy situation, you know, outside. You know, these are electronics. They're probably not, you know, best to try to keep them dry. But if they do happen to, you know, get, get a little bit wet, they still work. We are continuing to develop our, our waterproofness on, on these products so that eventually they'll be IPX5 or IPX6. And IPX7 is totally submersible. So you could swim with these things. You certainly can't swim with ours, uh, you know, today. But from an outdoor, from certainly from an indoor sweat standpoint, no problem. And from an outdoor standpoint, you know, uh, on, on, on light rain, that, that, that would be fine. So let's go over some of the differences, just so people know, of the pro versus the non-pro isotune offerings. Okay. We have, we have two items, the original isotunes and the isotunes pro. The original Isotunes has got a 26 noise reduction rating, as uh, Pete mentioned earlier, whereas the Pro, the Pro is a little bit better on every measure. The Pro has a 27 noise reduction rating. The big difference between the two is the the battery life. Our Isotunes product has got about a four-hour listen to music or talk on the phone battery life. So, you, you know, it's more of a weekend warrior. you got a couple of jobs you want to do around the weekend. You put this on. It does a, just a sweet job of locking out the noise, lets you stream music from your phone. Uh, and then when you're done, you just charge it up again. On the Pro, it's got an all-day battery. It's got a 10-hour battery. So this is more of an industrial uh, place, somebody that needs to use it all day for work, charge it at night, use it all day the next day. So it's got a 10-hour battery life. So that's the big difference between the two. And then the sound quality. We've got really good sound quality on the Isotunes. We've got outstanding sound quality on the Pro. So we just updated the, upgraded the speakers a little bit. So as I said, it's a little bit better on every measure. If you don't need the 10 hours, Isotunes uh, is going to do just fine. The other thing that one, – one thing that uh, I really like about the Isotunes, uh, the original item that isn't on the Pro, is it's got a – uh, they magnet together. Uh, they, sorry, they uh, they magnet together so that if you're listening to music and you you want to be done, you can just magnet together and that'll pause it. If you're taking a break and they'll just hang them around, hang around your neck. And then if your phone rings, just pull them apart. We'll answer your phone. You just put it in, and the microphone's right here, uh, just oh, okay. close to your mouth. And then when you're done, just they they kind of magnet together again. So it almost looks like for the people just listening, if you take them out of your ears when the pieces magnet together, it's almost like a like a necklace type of thing hanging yeah. from around your neck. And it, and it's easy to it's easy to to keep track of that way. It's not it's not going. Anywhere. I think that if you go to any type of device, no matter what it is, battery life is the biggest complaint that people have about any type of electronic product, whether it's a 
you know, a cell phone, a Bluetooth device, anything. It's always battery life. I'm curious to know that does Isotunes provide, you know, software updates for this, uh, you know, for people like, you know, the, you know, plug it into their laptop and kind of, you know, get like the latest firmware, anything like that. Is it updated like a cell phone type of thing like that? Or is it just, you know, the device is what it is and the improvements will come on your next generation Isotunes? You know, I think that's that's more uh, our approach is um, that we don't have uh, software or upgrades that, that we have planned anyways. Uh, that, that may change, but presently we don't. I recognize that, you know, anything that has a lithium-ion battery, you know, it, tends, it does tend to degrade over time. It goes to about 80% of its, or it shouldn't go less than that, but it, uh, to 80% of its original capacity. You know, there's a proper way to charge these. And, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you drain the battery down to about 10%, and we actually have a battery indica- indicator. Or if you have an iPhone, you can, you can see what, what the battery level is. If you drain it down to 10% and then charge it to full and then, and then unplug it and, and keep it in that type of a rotation, then you're going to maximize the battery life. You know, over time, it might go to about 80%. And for us, that's good because we're at, we have a 10-hour battery. And if it goes to 80%, that's still going to cover somebody from an all-day work standpoint. It's going to, you know, and that would take a year to get down to, you know, I think it would take about a year to get down to about 80%. Let's talk price point because the research that I've done, you guys seem like you offer way more or at least as much as the highest priced similar products out there. One is the, how important was it not to be a muff style headphone? And two, how do you get so many features that these three $400 headphones have and keep the cost so low? And can you tell us what each unit costs? Each unit costs our, our, our Isotunes, original Isotunes is $59.99 on our website or on amazon.com. And our uh, Isotunes Pro is $89.99. Uh, on our website, uh, isotunesaudio.com, or on uh, or, or on Amazon.com, or there's a couple of other retailers that are starting to carry it as well. So you, first, you asked about muff style. Some dramatic differences between uh, something that, you know a muff style goes over the ear versus ours, which go in the ear. Some people just prefer to have things over their ear. Some people have prefer things to have them in their ear. If you prefer a muff style, we don't have anything for you uh, today, but uh, you know, the, the advantages are they're very easy to put on. The disadvantages of a muff is, you know, when it's 90 degrees out and you're cutting the grass, they're pretty hot and sweaty, you know, to wear. They're a little bit difficult to travel with. You know, they're not very compact and, and, and so forth. You mentioned also that there's some other ones that are out there that are three to 400 that are noise canceling. Okay. And that's a different technology. You know, that's called active noise canceling. Uh, and ours is what's called passive noise. So Passive means it just blocks it out. It doesn't, there's no technology in there that cancels it or anything. It just doesn't allow it to get into your ears to begin with. Whereas noise canceling is that device listens for the signal that it, that the, of the environment that you're in, and it creates an opposite signal, which cancels out the, the noise. So it's a different technology. It's quite a bit more expensive. And I don't think, uh, the, those items work very well uh, against uh, low-frequency noises like uh, a jet engine, for example. And But they don't work very well against high-frequency noises. So you won't often, I don't know if you ever, 
see a noise canceling earmuff that has an NRR, a noise reduction rating, because they don't do a very good job at high frequencies. I want to ask you real quick, taking you back to the beginning, and I'm curious to know, was there a point or an incident in your life where that you remember that you decided, I need to develop something for this? You know, so when did that, when did the original idea come into fruition? Yeah. And, and how long from then until you went to market? Okay. So that's, that, that's a great question, Pete. And it's a, you know, you talk about uh, necessity being the mother of invention is it comes down to just me cutting my grass. And, ha- and the only thing available to me was listening to, you know, on earbuds, listening to music on myself from my cell phone with earbuds. And I, and because there was nothing that would block out the noise and do that for me, I would have to crank it up. And I, because my background was in the safety business, I knew that I was doing damage to my hearing because if my mower is 100 decibels like we talked about before, I got to be at 105 decibels to be able to hear it. And that was like right in my ear. And it's like, man, that, you know, that's, that's, that was crazy. I would cut, after cutting my grass for an hour, my ears were literally ringing. And all I wanted to do was just listen to some music. So that's when the idea started, you know, kicking around in my head. It's like, hey, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. And, and then all of a sudden, Bluetooth comes along. And it's like, oh, wait a sec. Now this is great. Now, now if we can figure out a Bluetooth device that also blocks out noise, we really got something. So that's, uh, that, that, that's how it all kind of started uh, a couple of years ago. Well, I can totally relate to something like that because I have over two acres that I have to mow at my house. Okay. <laughs> and, it, and I've and I've got a commercial. I bought a commercial mower just because I needed to sure. save the time. I've got so much, and yeah. So I've got my earbuds in, and even if I can hear good when I'm when I'm using the tank controls, I'm grabbing hold of the plug, you know, when it's ripping it out of my phone, or if I wear those gigantic earmuffs, uh, you know, I start sweating, and then my you know my ears start hurting. It's uncomfortable. So, yeah, I, I got to be honest, I'm totally intrigued by the Isotunes Pro. And the first thing that I'm drawn to it, they look awesome. Like the color, the yeah. orange and black, like they just look like a cool product. So if that was how you, you know, if that was your one of your intended goals, I mean, I think you knocked it out of the park there because they just look awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, you know, we did go with the safety orange, you know, kind of really kind of hammer home that whole uh, orange aspect. We, ha- we have had a lot of people asking for an all black version. And so we're working on that now. And that'll be out in the fall where there's just an all black version, which is, I think it looked equally cool, but doesn't scream safety as much. But sure, it, it will be the same from a safety standpoint, um, you know, from a hearing protection and as well from a noise isolation and so forth. What market do you think? isotunes is just striving in and what market are you guys really trying to get in there's a number of opportunities for us uh that uh we're having to you know walk before you can run so obviously uh, in the woodworking channel uh people people know about hearing protection in this in this marketplace because they're around they're around loud machines all the time they've all gotten muffed people you know so they're already in tune and most people already listen to music of some variety while in their shop. And so this is just putting two things together, you know, that, uh, that makes it more convenient for them. So this is one, you know, very good area for us. Uh, you know, other areas, 
uh, are uh, people that travel by airplane. This thing is a sweet device on an airplane because, you know, it just blocks out all the noise. In fact, it does, you know, so well, it blocks out the announcements a little bit. So you got to be a little bit careful, I guess, if you're, you know, if you get, if your plane's going down, you got bigger problems, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it, it does, it does kind of block it out. And then, you know, you can just kind of listen to your music. You don't hear this, the crying babies in the, you know, in the area. Uh, people commute uh, with it all the time uh, on subways because they can be really loud. So that's another, you know, another big area for us. Uh, from a retail standpoint, we're getting a little bit of traction with, um, re, you know, woodworking retailers like Rockler's carrying our product. And we've got a few other ones that are, you know, that, that are carrying the product as well. That's pretty cool. I'm curious, yeah. like, do you guys ever kind of like search the globe? kind of in a sense and see you know what activities are going on say overseas whether it may not be big over here in the states like let's say for instance i don't know mining or uh, you know just an occupation like that something that might be big overseas do you ever look to overseas markets and go you know what we got to get in we got to get into that market and if it can strive there then we can use it as a way to be like hey listen if it can if it can hold up in this type of environment then you better believe it can hold up over here. So, um, Pete, as you know, we're still pretty young. And uh, so that is certainly on a roadmap from a product development standpoint is to find some super tough tested, um, make some of these what's called intrinsically safe so that, you know, you can use them in any kind of an environment. So there's a lot of work that we can do, you know, know, going forward. Uh, There's other areas of the globe that are much more in tune with hearing protection. And uh, over in Europe, the regulations are more strenuous and people, uh, consumers and industrial workers alike are more familiar with hearing protection, especially in the Nordic countries. So uh, there's opportunities over there, you know, to get, to get more involved with that. Does okay. Isotunes yeah. currently sponsor any motorsport athletes or, you know, dirt bike racers or something where it could be worn in their helmet? So uh, Bill, uh, another good question. Um, we are just in the process of testing our device uh, and, and, and motorsports because before we sort of go sponsoring, we want to make sure that this thing works great. And uh, our business is located just outside of uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. So we tested it at the Indy 500 this year, and it worked extremely well. So that's another market opportunity for us. We were talking about this earlier where we're going to start to look to get involved in, uh, in, in motorsports, whether that be, you know, the Indy series or the NASCAR series or other, other car, car series or motorcycle series. I mean, there's just a lot of noise around and as where, you know, where, where, where these products can be appropriate. Yeah. I just think this is an awesome product. Uh, at the end of the day, like Pete just said, there's noise everywhere. I mean, even though we're woodworkers, this is something that you can invest in that's going to be useful to your health to your ears in the shop and outside of the shop. And it was really cool for you to come on today, you know, give us you as an outlet mm-hmm. to our community. And um, we do do one thing at the end of every episode with a guest. We ask two yes or no questions. And if you're open for it, this might have nothing to do with isotunes. It might just have to do with you. Cause you did say you were from Indy and there was a Super Bowl where I think the Indianapolis Colts beat the Bears. I'm not sure. It's all still a blur. But um, <laughs> if, you, if you're if you down for it, Pete and I will ask you two yes or no questions. You can only answer in yes or no. Um, what do you say? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Well, 
Here's a question for me. Yes or no? With so many different areas where noise is a concern, is there an end game where IsoTunes would like to have more than, say, two models at any given time on the market to kind of target certain, certain aspects of the world? Yes, 100%. Stay tuned, baby, because we have a very strong product pipeline. Awesome. Sorry, sorry for the longer than yes answer. <laughs> no, You're out. Great. You're great. out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so yes or no, Pete, with your price point with IsoTunes, were there things that you couldn't put in your product that you wanted to just to keep the price where it was at? Absolutely, yes. Again, uh, that uh, that we are looking at ways of incorporating those other things and 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 help manage the price point. Uh, yes or no, as IsoTunes grows, as you said, you're a relatively new company. As you grow, is it uh, a goal of IsoTunes to get into bigger box stores that are more accessible and local to the everyday person? Yes, because that's, you know, we're here to serve as many people as we possibly can. And if, that, if that's the avenue, if that's the best avenue, then, 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 then we'll look at it. You know, right now, we are only a, you know, a hearing protection company. We are bringing technology to hearing protection. Isotunes is our hearing protection brand, but our company name is Haven Technologies. And our intent is to bring this type of technology to other personal safety products, such as, such as safety glasses. We've got some great ideas on Ooh. safety glasses. Wow, such, okay. Such as hard hats and hearing protection. Uh, in addition to hearing protection, we have on, on hard hats and uh, there are a couple of other categories that we are going to expand in. But I, I said, you know, hey, we're just these little baby steps. We're only a year old now, uh, but we'll get there. So we're, we're excited. Totally just answered my third question as whether or not you might. <laughs> yes or no, IsoTunes will branch off into other safety units, uh, bringing that same cool aspect but safety first uh technology too so guess you would thank you very much pete murphy owner of isotunes what pizza is better chicago pizza or new york uh i wouldn't i wouldn't even bother with that new york pizza buddy hey I, 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 my I, guy I, i'm only a couple hours away from chicago and that deep dish pizza is awesome i got a couple of kids up in that city and i i any chance I got to have some of that pizza, I go for it. So. See, I, I was going to ask about, you know, Bill and I usually piggyback uh, the same type of question. He'll ask that, and I'll say, uh, <laughs> and I will say, bet, better baseball fans, Chicago or Boston. But there might be a little caveat in this because you just uh, said before we went on that you were a Peyton Manning fan. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much love you have for the for the Boston fan base right now. <laughs> no, I think you lost that one, Pete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really, I do kind of feel funny about the Patriots because they always seem, you know, for the most part, they just own the Colts over the years. And uh, you know, I think uh, Peyton and and the team got by a couple of times. Uh, even though I'm I'm not a fan of the uh, of the Patriots, I sure respect you know Brady and the team and Belichick. I mean, it's. That's been an awesome run that they've had. Yeah, and, I, I, I could have I could have a little bit of love here for Pete Murphy. I, I respect <laughs> him. I got it. Okay, I got this. <laughs> Pete Murphy, awesome. IsoTunes. Where can people get them? Where can they get them fast? Let the people know. Yep. So uh, on our website, uh, www.isotunesaudio.com, I-S-O-T-U-N-E-S, audio, A-U-D-I-O.com, or just go to Amazon. 
and um, look up, you know, Isotunes. He and Isotunes are both of our items that come up there as well. Also, I want all of our listeners to head over to Instagram and check them out at Isotunes Audio. Give them a follow, uh, buy their product, engage with them. Uh, you know, this is great stuff. I can't thank you enough for taking a minute to, uh, you know, to join us uh, this afternoon. Well, a real pleasure uh, to, to meet you guys and to answer your questions. And if anything else uh, occurs to you, don't hesitate to reach out and uh, look for more great stuff from Isotunes and Haven Technologies in the months and years uh, to come. All right. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks very much. Have a great afternoon. Hey, thank you so much uh, to Pete Murphy and Isotunes. How cool is it to have an owner, owner of a company come in, talk to us, explain to us the inside and the outsides of his business, where he wants it to go? Super cool. Well, what we're starting to do now at the uh, at the end of each of our episodes is we're starting a grain knocker follow board on our end, which is pretty cool. And we'd like to signal out uh, some people on Instagram that we think that all you guys should go check out, should go follow. You know, you guys are going to send us your stickers. We're going to start a board. It's going to be great. We already did it once before. So this is our second go around at it. And my pick for you guys to go follow is at grain underscore creations. At grain underscore creations. My buddy Steve, he does some, he does some really, really nice work. And then on top of that, he's just a great guy. He's always involved with the community. Everybody knows him. Super great guy. Go check him out at grain underscore creations. Yeah, he was in the beginning of our show today, too. Yeah, my follow for the week is going to be B-E-N-J-A-M-M-N-A-S. Ben Jacobs on his profile says, I love working on all things. Wood, audio, CCTV, video, computers, cars, you name it. He's been a follower of Grain Knockers for a long time. Huge supporter. Pretty cool maker as well. Big part of the community. Go give him a follow. Super cool guy. And remember, all you out there, we want you to be part of the podcast. So we want you to record that you are Grain Knocker Nation. Use your name, your Instagram handle, and you're going to email it to grainknockerspodcast at gmail.com. So get those recordings, send them in. We love seeing them. We're going to make you part of the intro. It's great. Hey, uh, also on Instagram, on our Grain Knockers page, we are doing a giveaway. We're almost to a thousand followers on Instagram and general finishes and us have teamed up. And when we get to 1000 followers, general finishes is giving away three grand prize packs. And it's awesome. Who wouldn't want some general finishes in their shop on their next project? Make sure that you go to one of our posts and see how you can enter to win. After we hit one K, we have a special giveaway that we will announce so you have to follow us to find out how you can win this special next giveaway after our 1k giveaway episode six has been great pete i love you you're like my little older brother and i just i want to go to boston just so i can give you a hug a little older brother huh? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah listen hey listen thanks to everybody um out there who tuned in to insta live who gave us some great talking points. Thanks to everybody for listening, supporting, and helping us grow. We have Grain Knocker stickers now. So hit me up on Instagram so that you can get a sticker. Uh, they're really cool. And that's it. That's all we got for today. Thank you to everybody. He is at William Patrick Customs. I am at Furniture by Pete. Together, we are at 
Grain Knockers. And we will catch you next time on Episode 7. Hey guys, make sure that when you're at SoundCloud that you subscribe. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. Let us know what you think.